0: section fifteen of history of the catholic church from the renaissance to the french revolution volume one by reverend james mccaffrey this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter four the counter reformation for more than thirty years the new religious movement continued to spread with alarming rapidity nation after nation either fell away from the centre of unity or wavered as to the attitude that should be adopted towards the conflicting claims of rome wittenberg and geneva till at last it seemed not unlikely that catholicism was to be confined within the territorial boundaries of italy spain and portugal That the world was well prepared for such an outburst has been shown already but it is necessary to emphasise the fact that the real interests of religion played but a secondary part in the success of the protestant revolt luther calvin zwingli and knox may be taken as typical of the new apostles and however gifted and energetic these men may have been yet few would care to contend that either in their own lives or in the means to which they had recourse for propagating their views they can be regarded as ideal religious reformers protestantism owed its success largely to political causes and particularly in the case of lutheranism to its acknowledgment of the principle of royal supremacy at its inception it was favoured by the almost universal jealousy of the house of habsburg and by the danger of a Turkish invasion if attention be directed to the countries where it attained its largest measure of success it will be found that in germany the success was due mainly to the distrust of the emperor entertained by the princes and their desire to strengthen their own authority against both the emperor and the people in Switzerland, to the political aspirations of the populace in manufacturing cantons, and their eagerness to resist the encroachments of the House of Savoy. In the Scandinavian North, to the efforts of ambitious rulers, anxious to free themselves from the restrictions imposed upon their authority by the nobles and bishops. In the Netherlands, to the determination of the people to maintain their old laws and constitutions, in face of the domineering policy of Philip II in france to the attitude of the rulers who disliked the catholic church as being the enemy of absolutism and who were willing to maintain friendly relations with the german protestants in the hope of weakening the empire by civil war in england at first to the autocratic position of the sovereign and later to a feeling of national patriotism that inspired englishmen to resent the interference of foreigners in what they regarded as their domestic affairs and in scotland to the bitter rivalry of two factions one of which favoured an alliance with france the other a union with england in all these countries the hope of sharing in the plunder of the church had a much greater influence in determining the attitude of both rulers and nobles than their zeal for reform as the leaders of the so-called reformation had soon good reason to recognise and to deplore protestantism had reached the zenith of its power on the continent in fifteen fifty five At that time everything seemed to indicate its permanent success. But soon, under the providence of God, the tide began to turn, and instead of being able to make further conquests, it found it impossible to retain those that had been made. The few traces of heresy that might have been detected in Italy, Spain, and Portugal disappeared. France, thanks largely to the energy of the League and the political schemes of Cardinal Richelieu, put an end to the Calvinist domination. Hungary and Poland were wrested to a great extent from the influence of the Protestant preachers by the labours of the Jesuits. Belgium was retained for Spain and for Catholicity, more by the prudence and diplomacy of Farnis than by the violence of Alva. And in the German Empire the courageous stand made by some of the princes, notably Maximilian of Bavaria, delivered Austria, Bohemia, Bavaria, and the greater part of southern Germany, from Protestantism many causes helped to bring about this striking reaction towards catholicism amongst the principal of these were the reforms initiated by the council of trent the rise of zealous ecclesiastics and above all of zealous popes the establishment of new religious orders especially the establishment of the society of jesus and finally the determination of some of the catholic princes to meet force by force mention should be made too of the wonderful outbursts of missionary zeal that helped to win over new races and new peoples in the east and the west at a time when so many of the favoured nations of europe had renounced or were threatening to renounce their allegiance to the church of rome the council of trent for more than a century and a half reform of the church in its head and members was the watchword both of the friends and the enemies of religion. Earnest men looked forward to this as a sole means of stemming the tide of neo-paganism that threatened to engulf the Christian world, while wicked men hoped to find in the movement for reform an opportunity of reckoning the divine constitution that Christ had given to his Church. Popes and councils had failed hitherto to accomplish this work. The bishops had met at Constance in Basel, at Florence and at Rome, Fifth Lateran Council, and had parted, leaving the root of the evil untouched. Notwithstanding all these failures, the feeling was practically universal that in a general council lay the only hope of reform, and that for one reason or another the Roman Curia looked with an unfavorable eye on the convocation of such an assembly. Whether the charge was true or false, it was highly prejudicial to the authority of the Holy See, and as a consequence of it, when Luther and his followers appealed from the verdict of Leo X, to the verdict of a general council, they evoked the open or secret sympathy of many, who had nothing but contempt for their religious innovations. Charles V, believing in the sincerity of their offer to submit themselves to the judgment of such a body, supported strongly the idea of a council, as did also the diets held at Nuremberg in 1523 and 1524. The hesitation of Adrian VI, 1522-23, to and of Clement VII, fifteen twenty three the thirty four to yield to these demands was due neither to their inability to appreciate the magnitude of the abuses nor of their desire to oppose any and every proposal or reform. The disturbed condition of the times when so many individuals had fallen away from the faith and when whole nations formerly noted for their loyalty to the pope threatened to follow in their footsteps made it difficult to decide whether the suggested remedy might not prove worse than the disease. The memory, too, of the scenes that took place at Constance and Basel, and of the revolutionary proposals put forward in these assemblies, made the popes less anxious to try a similar experiment, with the possibility of even worse results, particularly at a time when the unfriendly relations existing between the Empire, France, and England, held up but little hope for the success of a general council. As events showed, the delay was providential it afforded an opportunity for excitement and passion to die away it helped to secure moderation in the views both of the radical and conservative elements in the church and it allowed the issues in dispute to shape themselves more clearly and to be narrowed down to their true proportions thereby enabling the catholic theologians to formulate precisely the doctrines of the church in opposition to the opinions of the lutherans clement the seventh fifteen twenty three the thirty four one of the de' medici family succeeded to the papacy at a most critical period in the civil and religious history of europe the time that he spent at the court of his cousin leo x and the traditions of his family and of his native city of florence made it almost impossible for him to throw himself into the work of reform or to adopt the stern measures that the situation demanded instead of allying himself closely with charles v or francis i of france or better still of preserving an attitude of strict neutrality towards both he adopted a policy of vacillation joining now one side now the other until the terrible sack of rome by the infuriated and half-savage soldiery of germany forced him to conclude an agreement with the emperor during the earlier years of clement the reign the german people catholic as well as lutheran demanded the convocation of a general or at least a national council And their demands met with the approval of Charles V. The naturally indolent temperament of the pope, the fear that the eagerness for reform might develop into a violent revolution, and the danger that a council dominated by the emperor might be as distasteful to France and England as dangerous to the rights and prerogatives of the Holy See made him more willing to accept the counsels of those who suggested delay. When peace was at last concluded between the pope and the emperor, 1529 charles v had changed his mind about the advisability of a general council having convinced himself in the meantime that more could be done for the cause of peace in his territories by private negotiations between the different parties it was only on the accession of paul the third fifteen thirty four to forty nine that a really vigorous effort was made to undertake the work of reform The new pope, a member of the Farnese family, was himself a brilliant humanist, a patron of literature and art, well known for his strict and exemplary life as a priest, and deservedly popular both with the clergy and people of Rome. His one outstanding weakness was his partiality towards his own relatives, on many of whom he conferred high positions both in church and state in justice to him it should be said however that the position of affairs in rome and in italy made such action less reprehensible than it might seem at first sight and that he dealt severely with some of them as for example the duke of parma and Piacenza. once he discovered that they were unworthy of the confidence that had been reposed in them he signalled his pontificate by the stern measures he took for the reform of the Roman curia by the appointment of learned and progressive ecclesiastics like reginald pole satelito Carafa, and contarini to the college of cardinals and by the establishment of special tribunals to combat heresy after a preliminary agreement with the emperor paul the third convoked the general council to meet at mantua in fifteen thirty seven While the refusal of the lutheran princes to send representatives the prohibition issued by francis i against the attendance of french bishops and the unwillingness of the duke of mantua to make the necessary arrangements for such an assembly in his territory unless under impossible conditions made it necessary to prorogue the council to Vicenza in fifteen thirty eight as hardly any bishops had arrived at the time appointed it was adjourned at first and later on prorogued indefinitely negotiations were however continued regarding the place of assembly The Pope was anxious that the Council should be held in an Italian city, while Charles V, believing that the Lutherans would never consent to go to Italy or to accept the decrees of an Italian assembly, insisted that a German city should be selected. In the end, as a compromise, Trent was agreed upon by both parties, and the Council was convoked once more to meet there in 1542. The refusal of the Lutherans to take part in the proposed Council, the unwillingness of francis i to permit any of his subjects to be present and the threatened war between france and the empire made it impossible for the council to meet finally on the conclusion of the peace of crepi 1544 which put an end to the war with france the council was convoked to meet at trent in march 1545 and cardinals de monte reginald pole and marcello sorvini were appointed to represent the pope when the day fixed for the opening ceremony arrived, a further adjournment was rendered imperative owing to the very sparse attendance of bishops. The first session was held on the thirteenth December fifteen forty five, and the second in January fifteen forty six. There were then present, in addition to the legates and theologians, only four archbishops, twenty-one bishops, and five generals of religious orders these two preliminary sessions were given over almost entirely to a discussion of the procedure that should be followed in the end it was agreed that the legate should propose to the council the questions on which a decision should be given that these questions should be examined by committees of bishops aided by theologians and jurists that the results of these discussions should be brought before a full congregation of the bishops and that when a decision had been agreed to the formal decrees should be promulgated in the public session the novel method of voting by nations, introduced for the first time at Constance and Basel, was rejected in favor of individual voting, a definitive vote being allowed only to bishops, generals of religious orders, and abbots. One vote to every three abbots. Procurators of absent bishops were not allowed to vote, though later on a special concession was made in favor of some German bishops detained at home by the serious religious condition of their diocese. The legates were anxious that the dogmatic issues raised by the Lutherans should be dealt with at once, while the emperor was strongly in favor of beginning with a comprehensive scheme of reform. By this time he had made up his mind to put down his opponents in Germany by force of arms, and he believed that if nothing were done in the meantime to widen the breach, the defeat of the Lutheran princes might make them more willing to take part in the council. As a compromise, it was agreed that doctrine and discipline should be discussed simultaneously, and hence at most of the public sessions two decrees were published one on matters of faith the other on reform de reformatione it was only at the fourth public session eighth april fifteen forty six that the first doctrinal decree could be issued since the lutherans had called in question the value of tradition as the source of divine revelation and had denied the canonicity of several books accepted hitherto as inspired It was fitting that the council should begin its work by defining that revelation has been handed down by tradition as well as by the scriptures of which latter god is the author both as regards the old testament and the new in accordance with the decrees of previous councils a list of the canonical books of the scriptures was drawn up furthermore it was defined that the sacred writings should not be interpreted against the meaning attached to them by the church nor against the unanimous consent of the fathers the vulgate version a revised edition of which should be published immediately is authentic that is to say accurate as regards faith and morals and that for the future no one was to print publish or retain an edition of the scriptures unless it had been approved by the local bishop the next subject proposed for examination was original sin the emperor showed the greatest anxiety to secure a delay And at a hint from him, several of the Spanish bishops tried to postpone a decision by prolonging the discussions and by raising the question of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin. That the fathers of Trent were not opposed to this doctrine is clear enough from the decrees they formulated, but the majority of them were of opinion that purely domestic controversies among Catholic theologians should be left untouched. In the fifth general session, seventeenth June, fifteen forty six, it was defined that by his transgression of the commandment of god the head of the human race had forfeited the sanctity and justice in which he had been created and had suffered thereby in both soul and body that in doing so he had injured not merely himself but all his descendants to whom original sin is transmitted not by imitation merely but by propagation that the effects of this sin are removed by the sacrament of baptism necessary alike for adults and infants and that the concupiscence which still remains in a man even after baptism has produced its effects is not in itself sinful it was declared furthermore that in the decrees regarding the universality of original sin it was not intended to include the blessed virgin or to weaken the binding force of the decrees issued by sixtus the fourth regarding her immaculate conception the way was now cleared for the question of justification this was the doctrine on which luther first found himself in disagreement with the church and which he put forward in his sermons as the foundation of his new gospel the importance of the subject both in itself and in the circumstances of the time cannot be exaggerated nor can it be contended that the fathers at trent failed to realize their responsibilities or to give it the attention it deserved Had they done nothing else except to give to the world such a complete and luminous exposition of the Catholic teaching on justification, their meeting would not have been held in vain. In the sixth public session, 13th January, 1547, at which they were present, besides the legates, ten archbishops, forty-two bishops, two procurators, five generals of religious orders, two abbots, and forty-three theologians, it was defined that, Though by the son of adam man had lost original justice and had suffered much he still retained free will that god had been pleased to promise redemption through the merits of jesus christ and that baptism or the desire for baptism is necessary for salvation the decrees dealt also with the method of preparing for justification with its nature causes and conditions with the kind of faith required in opposition to the confidence spoken of by the reformers with the necessity and possibility of observing the commandments with the certainty of justification perseverance loss of grace by mortal sin and with merit the seventh public session third march was given to decrees regarding the sacraments in general and baptism and confirmation in particular meanwhile the long-expected civil war had begun in germany and europe awaited with anxiety the result of a struggle upon which such momentous interests might depend charles supported by most of the catholics and not a few of the protestant princes overthrew the forces of the elector of saxony and of philip of hesse 1547, and by his victory found himself for the first time master in his own territories coupled with rejoicing at the success of the imperial arms there was also the fear in many minds that the emperor might use his power to overawe the council and force it to agree to compromises which however useful for the promotion of unity in germany might be subversive of the doctrine and discipline of the church and dangerous to the prerogatives of the holy see the selection of trent as the place of assembly for the council was never very satisfactory to the pope but now in the charged circumstances of the empire it was looked upon as positively dangerous an epidemic that made its appearance in the city afforded an excellent pretext for securing a change of venue and at the eighth public session eleventh march fifteen forty seven a majority of the members present voted in favour of retiring to bologna the legates accompanied by most of the bishops departed immediately while the bishops who supported the emperor remained at trent for a time the situation was critical and extreme but under the influence of the holy ghost moderate councils prevailed with both parties and after a couple of practically abortive sessions at bologna the council was prorogued in September 1549. A few months later, November 1549, Paul Third passed to his reward. In the conclave that followed, the cardinals were divided into three parties, namely the imperial, the French, and the followers of the Farnese family. By an agreement between the two latter, Cardinal de Monte was elected, against the express prohibition of Charles V, and took as his title Julius Third. He was a man of good education, of sufficiently liberal views, and with a rather large experience acquired as a prominent official in Rome, and as one of the legates at the Council of Trent. While acting in the latter capacity, he had come into sharp conflict with the Emperor, but as Pope he found himself forced by the conduct of the Farnese family to cultivate friendly relations with his former opponent. The alliance concluded with the emperor turned out disastrously enough owing to the french victories in italy during the campaign of 1552 and in consequence of this julius the third ceased to take an active part in the struggle between these two countries during the earlier years of his reign the pope took earnest measures to push forward the work of reform patronized the jesuits established the collegium germanicum at rome for the use of ecclesiastical students from germany and succeeded in restoring england to communion with the holy see but as time passed discouraged by the failure of his cherished project he adopted a policy of laissez faire and like many of his predecessors laid himself open to damaging though to a great extent unfounded charges of nepotism julius the was anxious to continue the work of reform that had begun in trent in fifteen fifty he issued a bull convoking the council to meet once more in trent on the first of may fifteen fifty one when the papal day attended at the time fixed for the opening of the council they found it necessary owing to the small numbers present to adjourn it at first till the first september and later till the eleventh october on account of the unfriendly relations existing between france and the empire regarding the duchy of parma and to the alliance of the pope and the emperor the king of france would not permit the french bishops to attend the majority of the bishops present were from italy germany and spain in the thirteenth public session eleventh, october 1551 at which they were present in addition to the legates ten archbishops and fifty-four bishops decrees were passed regarding the real presence of christ in the eucharist transubstantiation the institution excellence and in worship of the eucharist its reservation and the conditions necessary for its worthy reception in the fourteenth public session twenty fifth november fifteen fifty one the council dealt with the sacraments of penance and extreme unction in the meantime the emperor was negotiating with the lutherans with the object of inducing them to send representatives to trent some of their procurators had arrived already amongst them being the well-known theologian and historian john slidonus of strasburg But their demands, including the withdrawal of the decrees contravening the articles of the Augsburg Confession and the submission of the Pope to the authority of a general council, were of such an extravagant character that they could not be entertained. While the subject was under consideration, news arrived that Maurice of Saxony had gone over to the side of the Lutherans, that there was no army in the field to hold him in check, that the passes of the Tyrol were occupied by his troops and that an advance upon Trent was not impossible. Many of the bishops took their departure immediately, and in April fifteen fifty two, against the wishes of a few Spanish bishops, the council was suspended for two years. As a matter of fact, close on ten years were to elapse before the work that had been interrupted could be resumed. End of section fifteen